You are are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest back again on the show. Ariel Garten is probably one of the most interesting people you will ever meet. She's a neuroscientist, mom, former psychotherapist, former fashion designer, and co-founder and visionary of an amazing, highly successful tech startup called Muse. And if you don't know, Muse tracks your brain during meditation to give you real-time feedback, as well as guiding you into the zone and solving the problem most of us have when we start medit- starting a meditation practice. Muse lets you know when you are doing it right, because we don't ever really know when we're, when we're meditating. With no formal business background, I personally raised 18 million to found Muse from Silicon Valley investors, as well as Ashton Kutcher. Muse is now used by hundreds of thousands of people to start or deepen their meditation practice, including by the Mayo Clinic. Now, something super cool, the Muse S also uses advanced EEG technology to track how well you focus, sleep, and recharge. Super important to us entrepreneurs. And this is forthcoming right now (laughs) in the digital sleeping pill, an intelligent Muse experience which helps you fall asleep fast, and if you've ever woken up, encourages you to fall back into sleep. Ariel and Muse have been featured in over 1,000 articles, including CNN, Forbes, Fortune, Popular Science, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, GQ, Men's Health, O Magazine, and Wired. Her mission in life is to help people understand how their brain and their mind work, both the nuts and bolts and those neurons, and how well that plays out in a messy and beautiful human experience of living. She inspires people to understand that they can accomplish anything they want by understanding what actually goes on in your mind. So super excited to welcome Ariel Garten back to Making Bank today. Thank you, Josh. I am super excited to be here and talk all about the magic of sleep and how you can get more of it. Definitely. Well, so, and I know we were talking a little bit before off air and stuff is, you know, always trying to figure out tracking sleep, just being type A and an entrepreneur. It's like, you know, how can I get the best sleep so I can recover faster? So my optimally, my brain is working great the next day for my interviews, whatever may be going on. And in some days, you know, you notice tracking it with other devices that I've used, whether it's been an Apple Watch or an Oura Ring or whatever that may be. It seems like I'm getting good sleep sometimes. Other times it seems like I'm not. So I guess fill us in kind of like what you guys are doing and why the Muse-esque, which I haven't tried the sleep part of that yet. So I'm excited to do that soon. Sure. So what we've created is a device that tracks your sleep using EEG. So EEG is the most precise sleep tracking possible. This is basically like what you get in the sleep labs. You're getting sleep lab quality data at home. The Muse is a comfortable, soft little headband with EEG sensors, PPG sensors, and more. And it does two important things. One is track your sleep, but unlike the Apple Watch or the Aura Ring, it's actually tracking your brain. So it's really precise. It tells you precisely your amount of deep sleep. It can even tell you your depth of your deep sleep, which no other device can do. That's awesome. And two, it actually helps you sleep. So what, what we do is as you're falling asleep, you wear the device and we are encouraging your brain into sleep. So you're listening to 
guided audio, a whole range of different options. And as okay. the device starts to notice that you're entering into the first stages of sleep, it actually adjusts the audio so that you can get faster into that sleep state. And then it's watching. I mean, there's nobody watching. It's just the device, but the device is actually able <laughs> to see your it. state. Yeah, it's able to see your state of sleep. And so it's able to really adjust the content to help you fall asleep faster. And then if you wake up in the middle of the night, like most of us do, it will wake up alongside with you, bring in the same intervention that helped you fall asleep in the first place to help you fall back asleep much faster. Interesting. Okay. So with that in the music or the noise that is playing in the background, does that then continue on throughout the whole night or does it, once you reach a certain point of sleep, it just shuts off so you don't have that continuously playing? It shuts off. So the audio that's being generated, some of it is meditations. Some of it is actually a soundscape that's built from your body that entrains your body into sleep. Okay. And then, and we also have sleep stories because some people love listening to bedtime stories. So we have a range of content. You can choose what works for you. And that content is actually modulated based on your state of awakeness. So when you're awake and you're like, you know, mind wandering, the content is there. It's loud. It's grabbing your attention and taking you out of your wandering thoughts. Once it's got your attention, it starts to slowly soften, which becomes a cue for your brain to actually fall asleep. And we can watch, not we, but the device can see when you're starting to fall asleep, when you're entering the hypnagogic state, when you're starting to enter phase one sleep, and it modulates it in a way that tells your brain like, hey, it's okay, you can fall asleep now. And then it totally shuts off. If you wake up again, it will turn back on with you. And then again, walk your brain back into sleep. And it's not like doing anything to your brain. It's not zapping. It's just sure. modulating the sound that you're hearing, but modulating okay. in such a way that it becomes a cue for your brain for sleep. I got you. Okay. Because I've tested different products in the past where you wear them um, and then it creates like a little vibration or maybe it's like an electrical impulse that kicks you back into that sleep or whatever. And so with this, it's utilizing the sounds from the feedback of the device then to move you back in and out of, into the deeper sleep or, or to um, help you get back into a sleep mode. Exactly. So just in the same way as when you read the, your kid a bedtime story, you know, at the beginning, you're really engaging. And then as you start to slow your voice down, they start to, you know, calm down. As their eyes shut, you close the book and you back out really quietly from their room. You know, in the same way, you right. actually have somebody who can, not somebody, a device, which is modulating itself with you in a way that really facilitates you going into sleep. And it truly works. So in a recent study that was done by a lab at, at Western University, they demonstrated that using the Muse Go to Sleep experience led to a 20% improvement in sleep quality above and beyond controls. Oh, and wow. that included people falling asleep faster, staying asleep more, and falling back asleep. And the uh, sleep professor, actually a very famous neuroscientist who ran the study for us, uh, said this was the largest effect size he'd ever seen in a sleep study. Wow, that's awesome. And so I know, because I have the Muse S headband, that the newer one is the soft one is that kind of goes around. It's more like a headband style uh, compared to the, you're not able to do this on the, I guess, the previous generations. Yes, you can't do this with Muse 2. Okay. Muse 2 is the harder shell. The Muse S ones are the soft ones. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. And so some of the things in there, find out, you mentioned the sleep study and everything and uh, being able to sleep better and all that, I guess, how does that translate then to a better you? 
Yeah, so sleep is incredibly important to be the best you. So when you get less than six hours of sleep per night, you end up with a compromised immune system. You uh, potentially have a lot more difficulty losing weight because it shifts your satiety signals and your hormones associated with hunger and fat tension. Lack of sleep also impacts your cognitive function. And I mean, we all know that intuitively, mm-hmm. but in a number of different studies on cognitive function and sleep, one of the strongest things that's demonstrated is lack of sleep impairs your decision making. So as an entrepreneur, we know that's incredibly important. (laughs) Right. Lack of sleep also impacts your emotional self-regulation. So we know a little kid when they haven't slept, they're super cranky and they just cannot emotionally self-regulate. Well, as adults, we do the same thing. We just hide it much better. So when you're not sleeping, you get cranky, you get angry, you get hyper-emotional, and again, becomes hard to manage your day, manage your relationships, and manage your decision-making. So sleeping better is essential. If there's you know one thing, two things you can do for your longevity, I would say it is exercise and sleeping well. And so you know, a lot of people that are listening, you know, that like, oh, okay, cool, this is awesome. What, because like for me, I always shut, put my phone on airplane mode when I go to bed. You know, and I have my aura rings using airplane mode and, you know, Apple Watch and stuff. Now with the Muse then and having that, are you still staying connected or does it have kind of like an offline feature that allows it to still work? Or what, you know, I guess, how does that uh, translate over? Sure. So the Muse is connected to your phone the entire night, but you don't need to touch the phone. So you put it on the side. You don't have to touch your phone, do anything. You can turn off all your notifications. Um, And then when you wake up in the morning, you'll be able to see all of your data, how well you slept, your sleep staging, the depth of your deep sleep, the sleep position, your heart rate, and all of the data. And so with that, so you could put it on airplane mode, but then you'd have to leave your Bluetooth on still. Yes, um, exactly. It's, it's communicating it's just via Bluetooth. the Bluetooth. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I just like, don't like to have all the 5Gs or 4Gs or <laughs> all that kind of stuff running in the background <laughs> while you're sleeping overall. Super cool. So the sleep and, and helping you be able to sleep better and, and improve your immune system and stuff. How does then that help that with what we're doing translate over into now? So we get up, now we're meditating. You know, Does that correlate all that data from our sleep to our meditation and everything utilizing the headband. Sure. So you really create this virtuous 24-hour cycle when you can meditate during the day and then sleep better at night. So when you meditate during the day, what you're doing is you're learning to improve your focus, improve your attention, and take your mind out of your wandering thoughts, decrease your anxiety, and decrease your cortisol levels. When it then comes to nighttime, The main reason most of us say we can't sleep is because our head is just spinning with ideas. We just can't stop the thinking. And so when you learn in your meditation practice to be able to take your mind out of those thoughts and put it on something neutral, the act of falling asleep, regardless of what else you're using, becomes much easier. And actually in our studies, we found that simply using the Muse Mind Meditation, a focused attention meditation before bedtime, even that helps you sleep because you're learning the act of shutting down your brain voluntarily. And then you're going into sleep with less stress, less anxiety, less cortisol in your system. You can get a better, deeper night's sleep. You wake up in the morning, more emotionally self-regulated, more cognitively present, do better at your meditation, better at your day, better at falling asleep in this great feed-forward cycle. And I know one of the things I remember reading when I was reading through some of the sleep tracking data, it was... 
you know, being able to, um, obviously you guys are given like a sleep score, things like that. Are you guys giving different ways to improve that yet? Um, cause I know it talks about, it goes into much detail. I think too, is like what position you're sleeping as well. Right. Yeah. So there's lots and lots of fun stuff in there. Um, and then in terms of information on how to actually improve your sleep, we have a sleep course that's coming that will be in shortly. Okay. And some of the main highlights that I want to kind of bring to people's attention is one of the big reasons we don't sleep is anxiety about sleeping. So you, <laughs> does it sound familiar? You wake up at 2 a.m., you look at the clock and you're like, oh, shit, like, it's 2 a.m. I need to be right. asleep now. How am I going to get back to sleep? And then you start rolling around with that anxiety about not sleeping, and then you're really not sleeping. And then you're creating more and more stories in your mind. So when you're able to learn through processes like meditation to let go of the anxiety around something, to simply accept like, yeah, I woke up, I opened my eyes, big deal. It's much easier to close your eyes and fall back asleep. And also having the muse go to sleep experience there you know, if you wake up, there's something that's just going to come in to put you back to sleep. So all of the anxiety associated with falling back asleep or not being asleep kind of dissipates because you've got a thing there doing it, you know, doing it with you. Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, NFTs, investing is all an ever-changing landscape these days. And for me, the Modern Finance Podcast hosted by Kevin Rose is a great place to listen to the latest trends in crypto and brush up on the fundamentals. Crypto isn't for everyone until you listen to Modern Finance. Modern Finance is the crypto show for the novice and expert alike. Their mission is to demystify crypto and the world of NFTs without dumbing it down. True Venture Partner Kevin Rose interviews top tech experts and entrepreneurs exploring the modern finance tools and helping others understand crypto, NFTs, and even traditional finance hacks. Modern Finance offers two shows on a single podcast feed, one weekly consensus episodes that explores weekly news and distills it into digestible information, and then the deeper interviews, which I love, with individual crypto founders and NFT artists. Don't let your crypto guy friend be the life of the party. By listening to Modern Finance, you will feel well-equipped to discuss and understand the crypto and NFT landscape. Feel informed about your investments and don't miss out on the next big thing in crypto or NFTs. Join Kevin Rose on the Modern Finance Podcast every single week so you don't miss a beat. Ten years ago, some people called cryptocurrency a scam. Five years ago, people thought it was a fad. And now it's already over a trillion dollar market and growing. The Modern Finance Podcast helps you make sense of all the coins, NFTs, and chaos. Now is the time to equip yourself with the knowledge of where things are going. The financial landscape is harder than ever to navigate, but you don't have to do it alone. Download and subscribe to Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't be the last person on the next train out. Listen to Modern Finance and get ahead of the future of finance. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I was, it was last night I was sleeping and normally I, I pretty much sleep. I'd say, I'd say 90% of the time throughout the whole night and stuff. And, uh, all of a sudden this morning, I just kind of like woke up and I'm like, I thought I heard something and I thought the doorbell, but then I was like, well, the dogs aren't barking. And so I went back to sleep and, uh, then, uh, I happened to look when I finally, when I got up shortly after that, I was, uh, I was like, oh, 
it looks like there's a package outside. I was like, oh, Am-, and I looked. I'm like, Amazon delivered something at like 5 55 or something. <laughs> and they must have hit the doorbell. And I'm like, why would you ring somebody's doorbell at that, that time in the morning? But it was kind of like that next half hour. I was like sitting there thinking like, oh, all right. Did I hear something? Did I not? And then trying to decide. And I was like, well, it's kind of early, but it's not really kind of get up shortly after that. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to try to go back to sleep. But then I laid there for a half hour trying to figure all this out. Whereas thinking, okay, if I had that on, I kind of wake up for a second and then it would help me kind of move back into sleep. Maybe not, not taking 30 minutes, taking five or 10 minutes. I'm, you know, guessing. Exactly. Let you refocus your mind on the audio and then walk your brain back into sleep to say, it's okay. We can be sleeping now. It's just fine. Cool. So give us some good tips, you know, that you guys have found, you know, for, for, for better sleep and everything else. Sure. So one of the best ways to understand why these tips work is to really understand the process of sleep in the brain. So you have two mechanisms for sleep in your brain. One is your melatonin production. And the second is your adenosine production. Throughout the day, your adenosine levels start increasing and that increases your sleep pressure. And when your adenosine is high enough, your brain is just like, I can't take this anymore. I got to fall asleep. So my number one tip is to manage your caffeine intake. Why? Because caffeine blocks your adenosine receptors. So when you, yeah. So when you drink a cup of coffee, you become super alert because the caffeine is kicking all that adenosine out of your receptors, blocking all the receptors and not letting your sleep pressure build. So that means it's cool to take a cup of coffee at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., even noon, but the half-life of coffee is six to eight hours. So that's the amount of coffee that you have in your system after six to eight hours is just half of what you started drinking, the amount of caffeine. So really you're looking at like 14 hours, 12 hours till it really leaves your system. So if you want to be able to fall asleep easily and stay asleep with good deep sleep, you really want to be stopping your caffeine around noon. Now, everybody's, yeah, I know, gasps all around. <laughs> I mean, I always try to stop it around noon. It's like a cup of coffee in the morning. Well, one thing I found interesting was I did, um, uh, it was like the fitness genes genome thing and all that. And and w- one of the interesting things I found was, I guess I have a gene that actually processes caffeine fast. Great. So I don't know if that helps me. <laughs> it totally does. And that's where I was going to go next. So we all metabolize caffeine at different rates. According to 23andMe and everything I know about myself, I am a very slow caffeine metabolizer. Ah. So for me, my cutoff is literally 10 a.m. with two squares of dark chocolate and that's it. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a fast caffeine metabolizer, you can drink coffee later. However, our ability to metabolize caffeine decreases as we grow old. So, you know, in yeah. your 20s, if you're like, yeah, I can have a shot of espresso and then fall asleep, that is just not <laughs> right. the truth when you're 45. Yes, I know. <laughs> that's, not, that's probably the case. <laughs> yeah, so experiment with yourself with caffeine and when the right cutoff is. My next big tip is consistency of timing. So the other system that we have that regulates our sleep is called melatonin. We've all heard of melatonin. We take it to try to help us sleep. So about 90 minutes before bedtime, your melatonin production starts to rise. Rise, 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 rise. When you're at that 90 minute mark after the production rose, then you get to fall asleep really nicely. Um, It stays high, then it starts to lower in the morning and that's what wakes you up nicely. So our melatonin production is on a circadian rhythm. It is on a clock and this clock can be set like clockwork by light. 
and also by standard regular timing. So when we start to do things like have super bright lights at midnight or go to sleep at you know 9 p.m. one night, 11 p.m. another night, our melatonin production is totally off its cycle. So what you really okay, want to do sure. is try to stay regular in your melatonin cycle by going to sleep at the same time every night, waking up at the same time every morning, and regulating the light on both ends. So that means like 30 minutes before bedtime, dimming your lights. So, you know, whether you're reading, doing your work, whatever it is, make it dim around you to further enhance your melatonin production. And then in the morning, as soon as you wake up, stick a bright light in your eyes, stand at the window, do some exercise, really set that melatonin wake up and you'll feel a lot less groggy and you'll be able to fall asleep faster the next night. No, that's great. And it's interesting you say with the bright lights and all that, because we have of um, the uh, the true dark red kind of where they switch between the red and the, the the normal light modes and stuff. And so at night when we go say goodnight to the kids, they have all theirs on the red mode. Yep. And, uh, it, you know, while you're in there and you're saying goodnight and prayers, and everything, like you start to feel yourself getting tired because you, you <laughs> don't have those bright lights. And then as soon as you get out of that area, you know, you kind of pick back up and everything. And so I, I think that, you know, plays a huge difference. And, you know, now, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have, but, you know, obviously we have the, the crazy daylight savings times yes. and all that things that happen here in the East Coast. And so that always seems to jack you up, you know, with with the time change and, and making sure you're sleeping right and getting up and t light. So, yeah, it makes a daylight savings time is really hard. So, I mean, right now we're getting up and it's pitch dark outside. And so we have our entire house set with hue bulbs that are all mm -hmm. set to mimic our schedule and the appropriate daylight for it. So at 645, this quote unquote nice. sun comes up in our bedroom and it's like <laughs> brightening your face by 715, uh, even though it's pitch That's dark cool. outside for another hour. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea setting those that way, that way it kind of wakes you up. Yeah. Cause it is, it's dark out and you know, in, uh, and like you said, we'd always, we always try to go out in the morning right after we get up and hang out outside and get fresh air and like, look up at the, you know, kind of get that sunlight in your eyes and everything. But now it's like, well, shoot, I get up, it's dark. I, I get out, get out of, you know, get out of the office. It's dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the only light time is in the middle of the day now. <laughs> And that light really makes a difference even in the middle of the day. So if you've stopped your caffeine consumption at noon and you're starting to feel sleepy at like two, three o'clock, you're like, what do I do? Well, the best thing to do is light and exercise. So substitute what would have been your three or four o'clock caffeine hit with a hop on the exercise bike or 10 jumping right. jacks and a little walk outside in the sunshine. And you will find that that's going to pick you up and it'll pick you up in a natural way without the caffeine hit. And it'll help you sleep that night rather than hinder it. Awesome. Well, cool. Uh, any, any other great tips? I know we've already dove into a couple of them that were really awesome. And then I have like a couple of questions left for you. So my next big highlight is Alcohol. So lots of people uh, use booze to put themselves to sleep and it does okay. not work. You may become sleepy due to the alcohol. However, what you're doing is you're disrupting your deep sleep. So your mm -hmm. delta rhythms will not be as deep in your deep sleep. And actually the alcohol will wake you up three to four hours later when you get a little sugar hit. So no booze before you go to bed. And Think about food and how it might impact your sleep. And it turns out that it can have a pretty profound impact. 
Typically, you want to stop eating about three hours before bedtime. Some of you intermittent fast, so you're stopping much before. Um, but some people wake up in the middle of the night because they're hungry. So mm, if you find you're okay. waking up in the middle of the night, you might want to do like just a couple spoons of nut butter or something that would still be on your keto diet before sure. you go to bed. And you might actually find that that tides you through the night and you're no longer doing your midnight wake up. Now, if you do wake up because you're hungry, do not eat because that's going to set your circadian <laughs> rhythm to wake it, yeah. up every night. Like, <laughs> don't do eat? that. No, 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 no. But if you're finding that you're hungry in the night, just eat a little snack at, you know, bedtime. Midnight snack is not terrible for you because it can actually help you sleep. And particularly if you do carb, if a little carb and a little protein is the right combination to help your body become okay. sleepy and have the nutrients it needs through the night. And now, so some of these different things, you know, so utilizing something like that. Well, what should I then look for, you know, on, on my, you know, on my sleep app with my muse? Is there certain signs that I need to look for? Obviously, I know if I wake up and I feel hungry, but then if I want to test and see, you know, do I look for different signs like, oh, yeah, okay, I didn't wake up, but then I also saw this and this and this. So the main thing that a good night's sleep is going to look like is the first four hours of your night is when you're going to get your most deep sleep. And the second okay. four hours of your night, if you're an eight hour sleeper, is when you're going to get your most REM sleep. So uh, you should okay. see about 50% of your sleep be in stage two. Um, and then about two hours of that be in of your sleep be in deep sleep and two hours of your sleep be in REM sleep. And you see them go in cycles. So as you fall asleep, you're going to start in phase one. And phase one sleep is interesting. You usually don't even feel like you're asleep then. It's kind of like that half sleep state. You're in, it's called hypnagogia right. where you have all those visualizations. And if somebody wakes you up, you're like, I don't think I was sleeping, but you really were. Then you drop into, <laughs> yeah, then you drop into phase two, then you drop into deep sleep. And then for the first half of the night, the first three to four hours, we cycle between deep sleep and stage two sleep, deep sleep, stage two sleep, maybe a little REM, then deep sleep, stage two. The second half of the night is all about REM. You probably will see no deep sleep and only REM sleep. So spike up to REM, stage two, REM, stage two, REM, stage two, then awakening. And you have about four to six cycles of sleep throughout the night. Um, okay. So that's more or less what a classically good night sleep should look like. And if you find you're devoid on deep sleep, if you find you're not having REM sleep, if you find you just have a ton of stage two, then you probably need to be doing something before bed to help modulate your bedtime. Whether that is, you know, a little snack, whether that is taking care to actually turn off your lights beforehand to improve your melatonin production, whether that's cutting your caffeine, stopping alcohol, making sure you're consistent about your your bed and wake times, making sure you're getting exercise during the day because exercise helps you sleep more deeply at night. You know, these are these are all the levers that you can pull to get your sleep deeper. Fantastic. No, this is awesome. Um, well, we got a few minutes left. So um, the Muse-Ass right now, the one I have is ready to go for the digital sleeping pill that's coming out here. And then is it just an update to my app or firmware or anything like that? Or how is it easy to sure. start access? To so we have the brand new Muse S Gen 2, and that's this device okay. right here. And the Muse S Gen 2 is available now. You get access to the digital sleeping pill immediately when you get it. Anybody who has the older Muse S, the Muse S Gen 1, you'll be getting access to the digital sleeping pill a few months later. So it gets rolled gotcha. out to the new users first and then to any of our remaining community. Because when you get them used, you still keep getting all the cool stuff that we build. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, um, and with the version one of the S, then there's no, 
there, I, like you don't, it still does all the exact same stuff as with the S2. It just, uh, you're just getting it a little bit later than the other. Yeah. And with the Muse Gen 2, we've made some improvements on the device. Um, easier okay. to get, great signal quality, um, improved charging time on the battery, improved battery oh, life. Nice. So, you know, all of the little tweaks that you'd expect from a piece of hardware that's put out two years later when we've gotten to, you know, learn and kind of create <laughs> the best thing we can at this moment. Right. Well, I guess if you're wearing it for eight hours too, you want to make sure the, <laughs> the battery's <laughs> going to last you long enough so you can sleep and then get up and meditate. Exactly. Yeah. Because we had a lot of people well, using it to sleep throughout the night for eight hours, then get up and do, you know, one hour meditation. So we're like eight to 10 hours of battery life is not enough. <laughs> we need to give you more. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Guys, I hope you guys are really taking notes. Listen to what Ariel's having to say. Just like all the tips that we've talked about for sleep, as well as how it's going to help you perform better, be better you for your family, for your business, everything you have going on. Make sure to rewind, watch, listen to this again. Take those notes. Start tons of different stuff she implemented, even if you don't have the Muse S or anything right now. And then go get out, check it out, and then enhance your sleep. Figure out how you're sleeping, what you can do to improve it, and you know, and then just be you know a better you. It was an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for coming back on and just excited to get this information to sleep out to people. Uh, and again, for co coming back on Making Bank today. My joy and pleasure. Thank you, Josh. It's always fun to be with you. I am Josh Felbert. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.